0: It's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I give a shit. I give a shit about you. You know that I really do. Whoever you are sitting there. I know you don't have a job right now. and You're listening to me. It's very, but you know what? You're going to get one really soon. You're going to get a job that you're going to like for a, about a week and then you'll wind up hating it just like your last job. But you'll forget about that because you know, you'll have money to go out and drink so that when you get home from work and you're upset, you'll feel better. That's how life goes. Um, before we get started, I am really really excited because we have these amazing tickets to give away, okay? This is craziness. And today is the last day you can get them from Radio Free Brooklyn, okay? So here here's the deal. So it's Herbie Hancock and he's going to be live in Prospect Park on August 11th. And like I said, today is the last day. So you have to tune in to Brooklyn Bandstand, which is live at four. That's directly after the show, and call in for uh, your chance to win tickets. And you can get you can win tickets. So just stay on, listen to uh, bands, Brooklyn Bandstand after me. I think Rob Pritchard is the host today, and he's awesome. <laughs> um, and the phone number is seven one eight. Nine two eight nine RFB. That's seven one eight nine two eight nine or nine seven three two or nine RFB. You know what I'm saying. So because you're smart, you're listening to this crap. So anyway, um I also, you know what happened last week? This is so awesome. This is so amazing. So I have to give this plug to this really great vintage store right right next door to us, right down the street. It's called Gigi Nick's Vintage. And it's at 1339 DeKalb. So I went in there and I got this really great dress. Um, it was $10. And uh, they told me, since I worked at the radio station, if I mentioned them like I just did, GG Nick's Vintage, they would give me a dollar off. So I already got the dollar off, but I'm honoring my my contract with them. And if you want to see me in the dress... Um, I'm going to be wearing it to uh, see the Martin Creed show at uh, the uh, Armory tonight. So if you want to see it, you know, just go there. I'll probably be there around 6. You can stand outside and see my $10 dress, which I think is one of my new favorite dresses. Maybe I'll just post a photo on it on my Facebook page or something. So let's get down to business. Um, This is a great day for me because I actually had somebody asked me to be at the show one of the other Radio Free Brooklyn hosts. And I am thrilled that and honored that she asked me. I said, sure, right away. So it's Rachel Cleary, who is... Rachel, hi. Hi. And you're host of Brooklyn Bandstand. Um,
1: I do Brooklyn Bandstand on Tuesdays, and I have my show Here and Now with Rachel C. Thursdays at 7 o'clock.
0: And tell us about the show Here and Now.
1: Here and Now... um, well, originated as the the idea behind it was it, it was supposed to celebrate the unique experience of live performance. It was going to be going live. Uh, there would be live performances um, going on on every show. Something it was going to have the, the idea. The challenge to me was to do something live and creative on air every week. Now it's it's kind of evolved into performers come on and do their art live on the air because that that's it and both things I guess are still part of the show, but it's because it's it's I've had people ask to come on the show who are performance artists, very visual performers and I've had to figure out how to translate that into radio and it's been a challenge but a fun one and they've actually been some of the more popular shows oh really um, that's cool yeah, so basically come on and I, I'm expanding on that like I, I'd love to take something that's considered you know an art form and have it happen live on the radio and a visual out. art that, form like, visual arts and stuff ah.
0: ah well, we got to talk about that I got yeah. <laughs> I got a hotline into about a billion artists but uh that sounds, yeah, oh yeah, that's a really interesting idea. And one of the great things, right, about Radio Free Brooklyn is that you do get to develop your show and 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 make it better and learn things and make it more interesting and more unique, right? They yeah. give you the opportunity to do that. It's incredible. Right. And um, so, Phil, full disclosure. Uh, Rachel is the partner of Robert Pritchard, who is one of the uh, co-founders of the station. Yes, he's my boyfriend,
1: but I, I still had to fill out a form and apply for the show. But. I'm sure you <laughs> did. Well, no, I kind of insisted that I do that because I didn't want to be like, hey, give me a show. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, good. <laughs> like, I would I hope so. Had to. I would had- I would hope so, I mean, but when I first, first I at one point, I and I waited a season to do it because yeah. I, I had like too many ideas swimming around my head yeah. as to what to do, and I needed to kind of narrow it down in my own brain what I wanted to do. And, and it, when we were first starting this show, Tom Tenney said to me, he's like, "Well, yeah, you get of course you get a show," but I was like, "Yeah, but I I, I want to not screw it up." And he just well, said, "Well, don't relax about that." But then, yeah, no, I'm glad I I'm glad I waited till the second season to do it. Because, yeah, when you were ready.
0: Yeah. So, so does Radio Free Brooklyn? Because you're both, you know. I mean, it, does it imp- does it permeate throughout your life constantly, or is um, it
1: like how so? I mean, it's it's there. It's it's a lot of
0: work. I know it so is. So
1: it's something. Well, it's, it's not everything, but it's uh, like it's it's not. Quite in, well. from I'm speaking from my perspective. Yeah, I'm sure here. Rob is even Rob's, more. Well, well, the thing with, with Rob, as the co-founder and talent director, and all these other things, right. um, he's constantly got like even if it's just a hundred emails to send out, he's he's there's something to do with RFB every single day. But yeah, I, I guess it's it's part of. It permeates your life the way a job but it, does. But, but you know? yeah, but it's
0: <laughs> but it's gotten integrated. And the thing that's yeah, it's so cool—it's gotten cool. integrated with everything. That's a good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and it's really cool because um, Radio Free Brooklyn has really grown a lot, right? I mean, you've yeah, probably it, seen it's that close up.
1: Happened. It's grown up way more quickly than I know Rob had anticipated. It awesome. Growing. Ha- like, when wait, does that wait, ever
0: happen to a creative um, project?
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like um, we, we we not that any anybody didn't have the faith that it would get so big so fast, but we didn't think it would get not just as popular, but even in terms of getting it up and running off the ground, I don't think it was anticipated that it would happen that quickly, I think. Um, so. Yeah, I guess in that mm-hmm. sense, RFB has kind of really permeated things because it's shifted a lot of the things about the way we live. You know, even down to little things like your schedule. Well, we're not going to do our regular thing this weekend because we have meetings because we, and you know, where where does yeah. the money go and things like that, but it's yeah, I think I think there was this this thought in mind that well, you want to build an internet radio station, um, so how long is that going to take? Six, 12 months. The thing got up and running in under six months. I know it's crazy. So that that was the biggest surprise about it. I think is that no, it's, it's like crazy. Oh, now and now it's you know it's you we're like,
0: taking over this whole this whole build this whole floor. This yeah, whole now, building, starting it's expanding. in September. Well, the
1: the bike shop that we're a subletter for, um, they're they're closing up, and we're taking yeah. over the lease and. It's it's going to be good for us because we kind of need this space physically, and it, it kind of yeah. I think.
0: Well, also, I know. mean, it's just exciting because it 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 involves so many new developments, which I don't really think we should probably officially. Yeah, we say. might. There's know. a lot of stuff. <laughs> Some of it. But a it's lot exciting. Of stuff, but it's tuned. very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so let me let me put this out there because it's in my brain, so maybe I'm a little bit self-conscious. I just want to say this so that I'm not self-conscious because um so Rachel's the partner of the co-founder. So that means that people I know that uh, I do this Stay this show with uh, are maybe going to be hearing this and that. That's making <laughs> me a little self conscious because I'm hopefully going to get deep into your, you know, personality and your personal your personal everything, Rachel. I think that I. I
1: think
0: so I, I just have to say, <laughs> you know, I mean, if I t- if I didn't put that out there, I might it might hit me in the ass. That's my countertransference for today. Transfer, you understand so. it, don't you? Yeah. Okay, cool. But, like but we're cool. Rob's cool. Uh, w- or so we, we'll find out, I guess, huh? <laughs> hey, shout out, Rob. Listen, <laughs> listen, you know, how, you know how I am. You can't take any of this personally. You already know me. We're going to, you know, n- the, you won't learn anything. I doubt it. I doubt it, Rob. Let me know if you do. Okay, I'll be curious to hear that <laughs> from you. I want to report. Okay. So, um, and here's another thing: Rachel and I uh, have a, I believe, certainly from my point, a genuine affection for each other, and a certain familiarity. But we've actually probably spent a lot of time in the same room. Rachel came to uh, a thing I did once, which was awesome. Remember that I gave you an award? Yes, that was. Yeah, and it, that was yes, great, I still have my award. and we got to spend time together. But we really haven't spent that much time alone together. So I have a vague outline of, I mean, I have a very uh, definite sense of her, you, Rachel, Mm -hmm. but, uh, probably a lot of the, there's probably a lot of, um, things that I don't really know that are pretty, that are somewhat fundamental. So anyway, um, we were thinking about which – there's some – Rachel is a definitely an interesting multidimensional person. So we were trying to figure out exactly where to go. Uh, there's two options that I'm thinking of now. One is just to really do a therapy session on what's going on in her life. And the other we were talking about earlier, which is the fact that Rachel is one of the few people I know uh, who has a uh, – what is it called, Rachel? You know that where uh, where where the person can't get net near you.
1: Oh oh well, I had to. Uh, I'm a survivor of domestic violence. So a survivor of domestic the, violence.
0: To... So um, that's pretty intense. And um, I thought maybe if we talked about that, um, which Rachel generously offered to discuss. Um, that's not something that I personally hear about a lot. Uh, not in my, uh, in my, uh, you know, f- middle class educated background, if I can say that, barely middle class, but whatever. I don't, you know. Do you? Do you? Do you hear? I mean, un- I-, I think Rachel probably he- hears a lot about it more than I do because I don't think people. It's totally understandable. And I had a boyfriend in high school that hit me and shit like that. And we need to talk about this more. So let's do it. Let's do okay. it. So well, explain you, the if, circumstances. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I was married and I, well, how do I, geez. Um, as I often tell the story, there was this really dramatic shift in his behavior one day and he never really came back from it. Um, but really, I, I think I was looking back on it. Um, There's somebody who, who I'm, I can say this with what I feels like a hundred percent certainty was is mentally ill has some mm-hmm. kind of doesn't want to you know acknowledge that there's something wrong chemically in his own brain um, and he just you know he's mentally ill and and did a magnificent job of hiding it can, from me and everybody. I was gonna for years. say can <laughs> I can I
0: can I give you my impression of yeah. the person you married right. and I I like I said I did I. Barely knew you then, and I didn't really know him at all. Mm-hmm. But I remember he went. I went to see this performer at uh, what was it? A night of a thousand voices? Or oh yeah, d- he
1: did a, a, a uh, the one thousand thirty six man show, which I co produced.
0: Oh uh, yeah. yeah. So I went to see that. It was at the Bowery Ballroom. Uh, Bower, not Bowery Ballroom. Bowery. Poet- <laughs> there's a the big not dude.
1: quite that upscale. <laughs> Bowery Poetry
0: Club. Excuse, that was whoa. Uh, he wishes, but it was at the Bowery Poetry <laughs> Club, right?
1: Yes, it was,
0: and it was packed, right?
1: Yeah, we, there were two. The first run of the show, which that was pretty packed. Yeah, was and pretty I, I
0: have to say, I'm, and I, I mean this in all sincerity, that was one of the best shows that I had ever seen there. And honestly, I don't, I know, I try not to throw this term around very often, but this guy was a genius for real. Like, really, a well, creative yeah, no, he, genius, right? He
1: was also, as a child, identified as being an intellectually gifted child and put in, like, a special program. Uh, where, um, you he's know, he was just
0: quick-witted and right. also um, had stage um, presence, but right. also the ability to do—he um, was a voiceover yeah. artist, well, mostly.
1: He's in great— Why don't you
0: explain me, yeah. what his career was? Because it's a, pretty impressive. a commercial,
1: commercial voiceover actor is what he did. Um, but he was a, hes a good mimic, which I think is— he was an actor from childhood, which I think is also gave him the skills to be able to kind of blend in and uh. kind of mask a lot of his issues. Um I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention he'd, like, snort anything that wouldn't snort him first. I think it was – there was an underlying – So he was an uh, addict. Yeah, a tremendous addict. I mean, which just got worse and worse. Mostly Coke or Coke and heroin, both um, of them? No, everything. But what really – what I saw the shift in him had to do with prescription opiate abuse. And, you know, I even Mm. – there was a point where I went to his prescribing physicians and they didn't get, like – Well, basically, what what, you know, he was someone who was never – who – I thought he was, or who we like as a community thought he was. He did a marvelous job of masking it, mm-hmm. but you know, you mix that with, and, and you know, the, and he would say, you know, he was self medicating with a lot of prescriptions and illicit substances, and you mm-hmm. know, and that, and it just kind of really blew everything up, and he became really delusional
0: is the thing mm. like you know did it start affecting his work i mean he made a lot of money i well, think right did. i mean Here's he was like about he, had, commercial... he was doing very yeah, big and jobs he had very
1: it, commercial voiceover is the sort of thing a commercials even on camera if you're an actor why it's such it's the even if you, you want to be in theater, your love is Shakespeare. You want that really good commercial spot because that pay they pay so well and I they know. pay residual. So even when you the job is done, if that commercial airs again, you get money Residuals. for not doing anything. So he did really well. And we also we we lived was in he making places like that were, several
0: hundred thousand dollars yes. a year. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Just so you know, <laughs> he was also
1: we you know we, we lived in places where the rent was low, so your overhead there is low. He, mm-hmm. got, he got taxed very heavily, but um, that's a good example mm-hmm. talking about the money because when I first met him, I was his friend for many years, then we dated, mm-hmm. then we moved in together, then we got engaged and we got married, so it wasn't like some whirlwind romance, but right. um, when I first met him, he talked about like, he always puts money aside for the tax man. He was pretty mm. conservative about mm. his money, mm-hmm. and that was something that changed big time, but that, you know, his, uh, I, he, like, you know, well, I think one of his compulsive behaviors, like drug use, was also shopping and spending money at a certain at a certain point, you know.
0: Oh, um, that's fun. Yeah,
1: things, <laughs> but, but yeah, the guy, the guy was... Um, but even before he was, and it's it's a scary place to be in when your spouse clearly it has a psychotic break, and by that I mean, you know, I never forget the evening I'm sitting on the floor rubbing my dog's belly, mm-hmm. and he asked me something. He was looking at my BlackBerry, which was this rinky-dink little curve on a three G signal. We didn't even have Wi Fi in the apartment, mm-hmm. and he said, and he asked me a question about some something like an email or tweet or something that was like so old I couldn't possibly remember. It's like you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I don't know. And he's like, oh, really, I do. And he, like, lunged at me from across the room and shoved this thing in my face and started screaming and just never stopped oh, screaming. Oh, um God. But um, he, it, I think he Like was, a
0: jealousy thing you're talking he, about.
1: Yeah, he, I, I mean— I, Was he jealous, very possessive and yes, controlling? Yes, and it had been a problem for a while, and I've been trying to address this with him as an issue. But my—this mm-hmm. happened also on the heels of my being— f- Having like some health issues and having had two surgeries and like oh. a three month time period, so oh, really? and he was kind of. on what was happening there was he was it, it was he was unraveling there, and I felt the need like it was one of those like okay I need to I've been trying to sit down and talk to him like listen certain mm-hmm. th- this this is a issue for me because because mm-hmm. I like to try and talk to people about things right and it was just he'd, bl- he'd either like blow up and carry on mm-hmm. or he'd start cracking jokes and just and not stop cracking jokes and it's like Mm -hmm. okay you're not taking this seriously so there was some underlying things there and there were things like i'd already gotten into i said listen when you know when i started feeling better after the surgery i said i'm getting a job outside of the home again my job of managing his career basically because he Mm. was doing so well Mm -hmm. and then he just he would freak out i'm like this has to stop this isn't functional this Mm -hmm. is you know Mm -hmm. we don't have any kids yet like i don't need to be here all day i said and and it was but yeah he was very he was so possessive i just want to ask how you got
0: married like how how did like how did did, was he like possessive and jealous and wanted to marry you like was that part of it or how how did it wind (laughs) up that you got married Um,
1: we we moved in together um and you know we're just you know i mean he i he was very different about me working when we were engaged um And living, and then even before that, when we were just dating, we were living together. He was almost like complained that I wasn't earning enough. Mm. And when we moved in together, I said, "This is what I can afford to pay. I don't make the money you do, Mm -hmm. but this is what I can give." Mm -hmm. But it. I think it. I don't know if it's just he wasn't ready to, uh, you know, he, he well he wasn't ready to move out of that one apartment he mm-hmm. had. He he we mm-hmm. moved into an apartment together because one he had was just too small for two people. Mm-hmm. And I said, but this is what I can afford to give in rent. So let's look at what you can afford and I can afford, and and mm-hmm. we move in we move from mm-hmm. there since we're starting from scratch. It's not like I'm moving into your place or you're moving into my place. Right. Um, and it was, you know, he kind of pressured – He didn't seem to get that you can't. He, just walk into a place and ask for a job and be handed one. Oh, I worked, really? I worked oh, and cause... I was working and I was working mm. a lot, and mm-hmm. that was a big thing that changed right away. Right after we got married, he mm-hmm. was like, "You don't need to work anymore." And we we moved into this apartment that was even cheaper, so technically the income wasn't an issue. But it's mm-hmm. you know, but did yeah.
0: did so? But I mean, did you have? Um, some he, red. He, he must have had some red flags, or like um, what was? Well, there what were was red flags thinking? that I
1: didn't know about. That didn't know he were was happening. hiding. Yeah, a lot of stuff was being hidden. Um, he, like I said, he's very good at keeping, you know, at keeping things hidden. And there were certain points when we were engaged where, like. I, and I attributed some of this to the stress of being engaged and mm-hmm. try, trying to throw this big reception and stuff because it is kind of an unprecedented stress sort of thing. But I often yeah. say now, like I had a groomzilla on my
0: hands. <laughs> control no, freak. But it's my was he wedding, a control my, freak?
1: Yeah, my wedding too. Because you know, it's not. And then, but then, you know, he's butting heads with my mother and his own mother, who are trying mm. to manipulate what's going on. Also, Did his so like,
0: parents thanks. have any idea about like his troubles? Or he was a child actor? Were they part part of? getting him involved in that his his
1: mother was his parents are split up um Mm -hmm. they've been married a very long time but had been Mm -hmm. divorced equally as long at that point Mm -hmm. so um everyone have like we kind of moved Mm -hmm. on and were living their happy lives and everything but um they his mom got him involved in that when he was a kid Mm -hmm. Um, his dad was okay with that um Mm -hmm. but they they
0: i don't you know did they did they have any sense of responsibility for him
1: Absolutely not. Even when I went to them and his dad specifically and said, you know, I'm really concerned about your son. I, I, like he's sick mm. and he didn't disbelieve me. And, mm. I, and he, he was, well, what do we do? We have to do something. I said, you need to talk to him. You know, you got to, right. oh, well, I can't do anything I suggested. Well, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Uh, So So it's like, yeah, yeah. So they
0: were enabling, really. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So how did um, how did it get to like where I I feel like I have to do station ID. I'm trying to fit them in. Station (laughs) ID. We're radio free Brooklyn. It's
1: radio free Brooklyn. This is Doctor Lisa. Lisa Gives gives a shit. shit.
0: So uh, and we're talking to Rachel Cleary about um, her experience with domestic abuse. cheer you up. But she's doing so great. I mean, her life is great, so who fucking gives a shit? Um, but so, yeah, so basically, yeah, there were things that were red
1: flags that I didn't see as red flags because they were kind of, they kind of crept up on me and I would just get I have ADD. I get distracted and mm-hmm. I think he was very good at manipulating that and I making bet. distracted. But yeah. things like, you know, um uh you like when we were married, I said we should have a joint checking account. No. I said you wouldn't do that, you know.
0: Did he have a good reason or not a good one? Um, <laughs> so did but, he? Um, did he then just? He get, yeah, or he had then, all the money, yeah, really.
1: Well, yeah, and so that, and then, but well, what started was I said, well, if we have, I said, I'm not working right now, side of the home or earning very much. You've got to give me. I said. I, I need to, if I'm home, I'm going to take care of like household things. Pills, yeah, groceries. And he said, okay, I'm going to write you a check like every X number of weeks, whatever it was. And then, and he did that for a while. And then he stopped. And then I said, you got to, because we didn't have money, he said. And then I said, e- enough money. I said, so well, then just adjust that.
0: Right. Amount. Yeah. Give me
1: half. And he would, and w- exactly. And he wouldn't do that. And then that's when I said, well, then I'm going back to work. And then it was like, he get, but little, other little things were things like, um, you know, the, uh, mm-hmm. what I know now, um, you know, the, and a part of it, I, I, did, I didn't really have an opportunity to see this until like later, you know, needs, very needy. But if I needed a hand with something, you know, mm. it was like, oh, my God, you know, if I was sick and could you take my dog out to pee? no. So just like you really – Things like that. Really <laughs> like know? Donald Trump he, yeah. narcissism. Oh, yeah. No, it's funny. I'm watching the news with Rob the other night and, it, it, you know, who was it who had the checklist for narcissistic personality? Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I was like, wow, yeah, yeah, oh, that, that sounds-, sounds like my ex-husband and Donald Trump. <laughs> um, but no, like delusions of grandeur. Well, there were uh-huh. things you – know, uh, he was there was the drug use was way at, greater than i realized what it was More, yeah and like there was, were people that knew that and didn't tell me be- and that was kind of like before we were married i'm like you know that that's one of those things that might have called so what was off.
0: what was your impression before you got married like maybe a dale i don't i don't know a lot about um i certainly know about Drug use, but um, I haven't had the experience of being with somebody who did like oh, hard drugs every, oh, you know, I like coke it, every no, day or I, no, anything like I that. Didn't,
1: he wasn't doing coke every day. Then there was a time, and when I knew he did it, and I was like, "That needs to stop." He's like, "Yeah, that's stopping." And then, then I kind of pursued the relationship more from there when I saw that it had stopped. But it, no, I'm talking about the casual. What I thought was like the casual recreational user.
0: Yeah, like um, and you know, he like pill popping or not snorting. Really pill
1: popping, no, like. Smoking weed and dropping acid at a at a concert kind of stuff. Yeah, which is no yeah. big deal. No. Um he no, had no. a he had a medical condition that would cause pain flare ups, and so he'd take medication for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were times where, and I was like, okay, if you have a legitimate pain issue, then t- then take. The medicine for pain, but then of course. Just, he was doing way more of that than and hiding it. I'm yeah, sure, right? It. Yes,
0: yeah, they do that. Those addicts, they're <laughs> hiders, they're and, hiders and, I'm, and I'm liars. I'm not dumb,
1: I'm very good at like, yeah, people, yes. But he, the man, he was good. And
0: anyone involved in domestic abuse, please, we you don't. This is a really important point is that like we have respect for you, you know, you can be a really smart, on top of it with it person like Rachel is. And shit happens, and those people are fucking manipulative, right, Rachel?
1: Yeah, and like they manipulative, like, in the sense with me, it was kind of, like, waited till, it really kind of had me in a corner, and then, like, you know.
0: Were you embarrassed, though? Were you embarrassed to talk about it at the time? Were you embarrassed embarrassed. to ask for help and shit?
1: Yeah, and eventually, I I mean, we're talking about someone who got so controlling, he took all the, he took my phone Took the computer out of the house. There was no communication to the outside world. By the time I was like, holy shit, I'm in trouble here. I got to get out of here. Like, I need some help. There was no physical way to call for help. And the Mm. the ultimate, you know, like I said, you know, certain things crept up, but then there was this clear break. And when I say delusional, like believing that people online are having conversations about you That they aren't. Mm. Um, He told me, "I'll never." This is kind of scary stuff because it's someone you live with, and all uh, of a sudden they're telling you—they're telling you about a conversation they had recently with your friend from college on the phone and details of that conversation I'm like I know that didn't happen and you, you, you check in with that friend when when your phone is mm-hmm. given back to you <laughs> and you mm-hmm. find out she's like no I, I haven't
0: spoken to him like that
1: and like you're mm. really believing that kind of stuff
0: delusional really like, really yeah, psychotic that, and then, so did then, that yeah. happen like all at once or did he grab he's psychotic okay well, the, the so psychotic did he did he gray, slide into that or was there a particular incident there was an
1: incident like i said i was sitting on the oh, floor that, rubbing the dog's belly and then he just lunged at me i mean physically lunged at me and just it. he's never i've was, never saw him was, come back from that was
0: that totally frightening for you yeah that was really did frightening. he hurt you as well um eventually yeah well for, not that time
1: though well no well there's different ways to hurt somebody and hurt them physically even uh, he he I was forcefully sleep deprived like I was woke he was he was like manic and not sleeping so he woke me up every 4 hours and wouldn't let me eat. And when people go what do you mean did what don't let you eat? Like how do you just eat? No, you can't. If someone's chasing you around the apartment and screaming in your face and doesn't let you get near the refrigerator and you have no money so you can't go out and buy yourself food or all the food in the if you have food allergies and all of a sudden all the food that's safe for you to eat isn't in the the kitchen anymore. Wow. That kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I dropped a lot of weight very quickly because. Wow. It was, yeah. And that was all to get me to fess up to having affairs that I never had. He's like, if you just fess up, I'll let you eat.
0: Wow. <laughs> I, what a sadistic guy.
1: Yeah. So that's, I think, what I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to rehash like really crazy stuff here, no. but it's like, I think people need to understand that, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you're in that situation, it is embarrassing, but don't stay silent. That's the one thing when I think back on what could I have done sooner. Yell and scream as loud as you can to anybody who will listen. And eventually it might take months, but someone's gonna, someone's going to listen. It took the better part of a year, but someone's going to like listen to you eventually
0: yeah because i do think a lot of people blame themselves and you know i mean even like we're all really vulnerable like there are guys that maybe didn't hit me but Mm -hmm. there are guys i mean i could go back and think of stories of guys that like were so fucked up like that i can't believe i dated them like
1: i got beat up later but
0: (laughs) you know yeah, um, like I I dated somebody I found out was homeless with a child and shit like that. I mean, oh, it wow. happens to <laughs> all of us. It happens to it does. everyone. Um, yeah, it's Especially not... if you're in a vulnerable, like, you know, you don't have to even, you don't have to be poor. You don't have to be sick to be vulnerable if you're emotionally vulnerable. Like, I mean, I was in a very lonely situation. My family was not a, you know, they were negative. My job wasn't going well. I had a lot of pressure and you wind up in a, like, I'm alone and you wind up.
1: You just want some company and yeah. a yeah. And you wind
0: it, up pretty fucking vulnerable, and shit happens to all of us. And don't fucking say it doesn't cause I know it does, yeah. I, so anyway, um, so what happened? Did he wind up getting really violent at certain points? Yeah, or like, what yeah. happened? Would he hit you?
1: Well, there was one incident. Uh, there were three that stand out. Um, mm-hmm. One involved him trying to grab my bag with my wallet in it. He's like, give me the money that's in there. Like there was money in there, but I mean, I was, I thought he was going for my ID and like my personal Mm -hmm. identification Mm because he was already taking the keys and the phone, you know, it's Mm -hmm. all that stuff. So I grabbed Um, your and I like, and I was like, let it, and I wouldn't let it go. But it was like kind of, I was, it was like a cross shoulder bag, and I had it on, and he was like pulling it and i was like i I finally i yelled loud enough i said you're hurting my neck let it go and he like walked away and like slammed the door shut and there were two other incidents i had left and i went i went back because i was trying to get my stuff i was also trying you know there was a divorce filing already in place Mm -hmm. but he he was doing everything to dig in his heels and not like he didn't want to get a
0: divorce i bet
1: well he he had filed after i did he i mean i filed because i You know, needed to gain access to my things. I filed orders to show cause to get into my apartment safely, get him out. Right. Um, It was a safety issue. Um, Right. That's what it was for me. He said, he told me later, he's like, there's no bigger fuck you than saying I want a divorce. So I was like, so you just wanted to hurt me. For me, it was like trying to get you... Like, yeah, I, I you were taking to him care to, of yourself. I was trying to compel him to go to a hospital because I was like, you know, divorcing him isn't going to get him to leave me alone, and it hasn't gotten him to leave me alone. Um, well. <laughs> so, but it, it, you know, whatever, but it's, mm-hmm. um, the yeah, he got finally two other times. I was back, I, I, I came back, I had been staying with family out of state. It wasn't work. I mean, I needed to work. Um, I needed access to. I needed my my life was in New York City, and right. that's where also where jobs are, where certain resources sure. are. So, I was trying there, and I went back with my dog, who was dying at that point. Um, and he, yeah, I, I was supposed to stay with a friend who um, said, yeah, yeah, no, you can stay here. And I get there, and, she's, and said friend, um, mm-hmm. I won't even say he or she. Uh, said no. I uh, can't do it. So now I'm stuck, and I'm floating oh, around man. trying to figure out where I stay night to night because Brian, you know, my husband, yeah, you're in New York City, right? Um, and I've got the very sick dog. Um, and oh, a few days before man. he died, he threw. We had a baby gate that we used to keep across the kitchen to keep the dog out of the mm-hmm. trash. Um, and he threw that at me, and it hit me in the ankles and mm. stuff like that, and I got banged up. And mm. um, and a f- after the dog had died. I went back one day. I hadn't been in the apartment. Um, I had asthma medication there I wanted to get. Yeah, and, I know. You have serious Yeah, myself. and yeah. he I was actually using it, and I kind of, like, he busted through a locked door. I was using a nebulizer and, like, be- like beat me up really badly.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So was that 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 and like and that's when out you were saying like after you had broken up with yeah him?
1: yeah i mean we were well he didn't seem to get that we were broken up or i don't know i mean the mm-hmm. man the man was delusional and raging yeah. and i mean but that's when the cops had to take me
0: seriously so what happened with um, that i mean he, i'm so sorry that yeah you had to go i mean it that. was just
1: like i had he i already had a number of police reports um but oh. my local precinct did things i had a restraining order in place the precinct mm-hmm. tried to tell me that I, I went months earlier I gone back to get some of my clothes when I thought he wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a restraining order that said, you know, I'm the protected party. Mm-hmm. Um, FYI, anybody with a restraining order out there, um, you can't be arrested for violating it. it, it, it it's impossible. That's mm-hmm. not how the law works. And, these, and he showed up with cops who tried to arrest me for violating an order that I was a protected party under. It was nuts. I said, look, it's cold. I just want my sweaters and my boots and my coat I'm getting out. you know. And, he, and, the, and I had to call a supervisor in. And, and, the, and he even said, you know, I, you're right to get away from this guy. Mm. You're doing the right thing. But until I see some marks on you... I can't help you. So did this you what, did you go <laughs> to this horror? Horrible... Yeah. Well, well but yeah. Once, when I got beat up, when my chest was broken, they couldn't ignore me. He anymore. broke your chest. Well, I've, all the connective tissue. The sternum wasn't a broke break. There was a rib or two that was were, were broken, mm-hmm. but the, your your chest is actually made up largely of connective tissue, mm-hmm. cartilage, and it was all torn. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have full like, right. a, you know. A, so did yeah. that?
0: <laughs> did they try to arrest him or did it they? it took
1: a while? They they were pretty lazy about it. It, t- it took over a month. For them to arrest him, but he was arrested and charged. And then what happened? And then I was granted a restraining order, and an ADA called me. I said, Can I go home now? And that was the first thing. And I was already, I had found a job. This was like December. I found it, like all this time had passed. I found a job. I was starting to earn a little bit of money. Um, I, I mm-hmm. kind of had a place to stay, um, mm-hmm. but it was still kind of like, can I go, you know, I don't think I ever would have felt okay being back in that space again, mm-hmm. living there, honestly, but I felt it was mine and I was entitled to it. And you yeah, I can get course. my belongings out of there. Of course. I mean, I had clothing that was obviously mine, <laughs> you know, I had no, personal documentation that was mine. It was still yeah, there. I so, can you're I go right. home now? And she said, I wouldn't advise that if he's been the one in the apartment. She, she said, she... and she, I said, how long is he going to be there for? Can I like, uh, cause I was going to go leave work, mm-hmm. run home. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, look for my birth certificate and my other, you know, obviously my stuff, you know, mine mine before we were married, legally mine. Mm -hmm. And he and she said, I I can't promise you anything. So they but the judge granted a full restraining order can't Mm -hmm. go anywhere near me, my workplace, my this, my that. Mm -hmm. Within two weeks, he violated it and was Mm. arrested again. I still don't know whatever came of that. Um.
0: So so what how did the world how did the world handle this? This is what I want to know. I mean, like. So you guys knew how—you were in a, the same social circle, I think? Yeah. And he—and you you had also mentioned that because he made decent money, he was protected or, like, so well, how did—did did your friends care? Did just family—did um, families get involved or, like, how, how were you—did were you, did you feel abandoned? Like, how uh, did this—how did this go yeah, as I, I far felt, as the support? I felt
1: different things along the way. I felt mm-hmm. initially very alone and abandoned because I didn't get white p- people— who saw what was happening weren't like just at my door saying, okay, mm-hmm. I'm getting it. I, I mm-hmm. didn't get that, why that mm-hmm. wasn't happening. Yet when you are with someone for that many years, your social circles are gonna become intertwined anyway, but we kind of mm-hmm. came, we got to know it, we met because we were part of the same social circle. Right. But um, he, I, you know, it was, like I said, there are times where it was hard to communicate with other people. Um, eventually I, I think he had, I was surprised more people weren't saying, all right, I'm, I, I, I hear you. I'm going to help you out. I don't know if that's because he got to them. I know that he, I know for a fact, cause people have told me this and they've even shown me text messages and stuff mm-hmm. that he started spreading a lot of very vicious rumors about mm. me. And I think what might've happened is mm. he, people either believed it or he was so, Clearly unhinged, that they were just like, I'm going to back away from this whole thing entirely. Yeah, I could, and, I cannot, and, I could
0: sort of see how um, that could what happen. Really like people don't know. Wh- shifted was
1: when um, I, I met a friend of ours who I, I feel like I don't want to mention
0: names don't, because it's don't, like don't. I'm the guest, you're not. But an old no, friend of ours. No, if you want to, very, go ahead. Nice, I mean, it's your call either said way. Me, said to shout to me, me, out <laughs> to your friend, said, your good friend. Who yeah. Who said
1: to me? She I happened to run into her on the street. It was this, mm-hmm. this point is halfway through your summer, and she said. You know, Liz, she had already told me. She's like, I, I heard what's going on. Like, I, I'm, I, I know it's, it's not you, it's him. I, I know what's going on. I'm here if you want to talk. So I, I ran into her. Um, I was back in New York, and I ran into her, and I sat down with her. She's having a beer outside of a cafe on mm-hmm. the East Village, and I'm just sitting there with her. And she said, "Wow, you, you, you must be on the depression diet, huh?" And I went, "No," because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was so much thinner than I used to be. Mm-hmm. And I told Still her about, slim. I told her, about, <laughs> "Well, I've gained back a lot of that. Yeah, I, was, I was really, really out of like skinny. 100. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, point. Right. And she said and I said, No, he, he wouldn't let me eat. She says, What do you mean? And I told her what happened and that she quickly spread that not a rumor and actually true. That that's when things really shifted because she was like, Oh, holy Third shit, party is,
0: endorsement.
1: Yeah. Um but she and and because I get a call from him saying, you're telling people I did this to you and that to you. And I said, well, you did. <laughs> and he's like, but no, no, I only did that for like a week or two. I was like, no, you didn't. But, you, you know, you didn't seem to grasp like you cannot treat another human being. Right. That, that So you were still in but, yeah, touch with him? At that point, yeah. Um, not because I really wanted to. It was just, well, the guy would like call me like 50 times a day. Mm. And so you know, you're
0: just trying to manage it. Were you, yeah. <laughs> were you afraid that he would have a weapon or something like that? Sure.
1: Do you think he might have
0: ever had a weapon?
1: I know there are things he would have used as weapons if Mm -hmm. he had the chance to, um, you know. But but no, he – the the big thing –
0: what changed? It, it, yeah, how so did what, you get out? I of think
1: it? I think people saw me physically, and they kind of and they started to see him and see how like unhinged he was, and they were kind of like, okay, okay. The other thing is he also took to show, social media and started going in these long-winded rants, nonsensical, mm-hmm. like mile-long posts on social mm-hmm. media, and people were like, okay, don't know, something's really up with this guy. Mm. And I, I think there are people who, and I and there are certain friends I went of his I went to. I was like, look, he's I'm not. I don't know what you know, I'm not, and I told one, one of his cousins once, I said, his cousin had called me, he said, so I'm going to be in town, I'm, I'm getting, my bus is getting in such and such a day, and I just said to him, I said, I'm not there, you know that, like I, 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 I haven't been there in weeks, uh, and he went, oh, and, he, and we talked, and he was kind of on my side in the sense that he said, oh no, his drug use is out of control, we need to talk to him, and, this, and mm-hmm. he said, I knew something was going on, but it was kind of like this perspective of, uh, oh, he's, he's unhinged and, and going nuts because I left. It's like no, I left because mm. it's, right. You know, he's on chicken a, So how did yeah. you
0: get him out of your
1: life, really? Well, that restraining order was kind of what what sort of did it, and mm-hmm. I think enough people knew and, and people. He's well, he was picking fights with a lot of people. Is the, the social circle I'm talking about that we were both part of? Lisa was also, you know, also <laughs> a part of. and he was just picking fights left and right too, from what I understood. I did see some of them, um, and and, and I, I think the, he he yeah. hurt enough people not. Not just me. Like there are people who are like, "Hey, Rachel's my friend." That's hurtful to me when you. So hurt you her. didn't enough people were right. individually directly right. angry with him, hurt by him, and stuff that this whole tide sort of shifted.
0: And he seemed crazy anyway. Yeah.
1: So I think people were just kind of like, "Oh no, this. You know, I don't want to deal with him just because." You so know. that's
0: how. But did you like not have to see him, or he just kind of like somebody that you don't see in your? He, uh, you just... I think
1: he started steering clear of ah. of. He stopped. It. I, 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 I don't know exactly how it came into place. I mean, I wasn't going out and doing much because I had no money and right. I was beat up, and and it was cold it, in winter. Right, right. I wasn't going out and doing a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. I was trying to be more social, like connected with people and friends. It was, it was right. at that point that I realized how disconnected I had become from a lot of my friends right. while I was married because he was, you know, he kind of the self-imposed isolation. Then he was going to take me along with him, but uh, he, yeah, he, I think it was, um, what really shifted was like, uh, you just. Can't contain that kind of crazy, and it just people couldn't not notice it. And you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um Is he? Do you know if he's off of drugs now, or I was he? Was he working? Did his work life suffer? Mm. That might I know have.
1: there were major jobs he lost during that whole oh uh, okay that year that of the divorce filing because oh well he, that's, he would like you know not get up justice. and go to work yeah, <laughs> but he's so still he making did. money yeah. Well, so are a lot
0: of you know. I mean but um so oh I just want to do another station ID I'm getting okay. good at this I'm good at this I'm trying to fit it in Lisa, so anyway it's Dr. Lisa gives a shit on Radio Free Brooklyn thanks for listening in we're gonna we just heard about uh Rachel's uh uh, uh, uh domestic abuse yeah, I don't um, know how to throw that out ca- you can't you really can't, throw that yeah, out casually I but just, I just did it's alright part
1: of why I'm okay talking about it right now is like if anybody's listening um don't be embarrassed. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, your friends. If mm-hmm. you if if you are worried about a friend, if you're a person worried about a friend, maybe um, check in with them. Yeah, let them know it's okay. Don't push them to do anything other than maybe get away. Um, and if of- you're gonna do that, like you know, don't offer help if you can't actually help. And if you're in that situation, um, I would just say document everything and be prepared to not to to. to Hit walls because you know, be prepared to call 911 and have the cops not want to help.
0: Were you really you, we vulnerable? That, but... No, yeah, yeah, I mean, we be yeah, be prepared
1: for that, okay? You're gonna for hit sure. that, but just don't just keep plugging.
0: <laughs> I want to, um, well, I wanted to ask if you were in a vulnerable place b- when you got involved with him, but I also want to f- make sure we only we have like 15 minutes. Oh no, le- we yeah, touch and I on also want to <laughs> make sure that we get to, um, discuss how what what the how you've healed from it because mm-hmm. I see you in a, in a very, from the outside looking in, it looks <laughs> fucking great to me. So I don't know, but anyway, so were you in a vulnerable place? Like, do you, do you look back and say, um, you know, um, that you were like, how do you think, do, do you think that, you know, he seemed, it was it just that he seemed like a decent guy and yeah, it just I mean, didn't turn was, out that way. He was
1: a fr- I'd known the guy as my friend for some time. And, and then, he was very yeah, well respected yeah, in the he, community, yeah, wasn't he? He was. But I knew him personally. And he, you were so, it was someone I'd enjoyed spending time with together right. platonically as my friend for some time. And things became more than just friends. Right. And so it seemed a little bit like a natural evolution. It Anybody can weird. be fooled.
0: This is what we're saying. Um, Anybody exactly. can be fooled. Anybody can be fooled, especially by somebody like that who's uh you know, a performer and somebody who likes to be on. and
1: Yeah. I think the big you know, thing is also, um, over time he kind of let it slip. I'm not the first person who got hurt. I think he's someone who kind of cycles a bit and mm. might've been in a good healthy place right. in the cycle when we were dating and even got engaged. Right. And then by the time, you know, right. it fast forward a little while, this, this mm-hmm. cycles the other way. But, um,
0: so anyway, um, you're, you've been with Rob for how long now? Uh, Oh, I think, it's been a long time. I think
1: this December is three years or something. Really? It yeah, seems think, even longer. I know. I, I've said this before, like with Robert, it, it kind of feels like it's been uh, a long time, but it feels like it's new sometimes still uh-huh. so, like, in, a, in a good way. That's good. <laughs>
0: yeah, That's like, good. But um, so the way I remember it, like I said, I mean, I didn't know you super well, but... Um, I mean, I was aware because mostly because of some of the things. I mean, it's true. I remember him being like so um, crazy on social media. He isn't somebody that I would naturally have interacted with on social media, um, particularly Facebook. But um, I think like he got so crazy that just anyone who was even remotely connected to your circle, he kind of like dragged in like with contact or.
1: He was desperate to prove I had had and and the what mm-hmm. I was being accused of got really like I'm I'm the superwoman of adultery. I've had multiple affairs with right. multiple people at multiple places around New York City at the same time, according mm-hmm. to. Him. But he's that's just exciting. Like, yeah, Don't you wish? <laughs> if only I could keep up with your delusion. Wow. Um, but no, yeah. and, and I mean, I I'd never even I never cheated on the guy. I but it was like I think he yeah. was so desperate to prove. That he was right and that I was this evil. Well, person. he was he sounds was gonna, really
0: de- delusional, uh, and he wasn't getting support from his family or anybody. You know, it sounds yeah, like he uh, was getting a lot of enabling being an enabling, um, right? <laughs> but so but
1: there's a difference between support and enabling. I I had to figure that so, out.
0: And it's a fine line. Is you that know, a dog barking? That's, that's a dog barking at the in the radio, in the uh, <laughs> in the velo bike shop upstairs. There's always animals around. I know, I know, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, it is, I know, I know that we're, I know we're all a little sad that the bike shop is moving out because we won't have, like, noise like that, but we're <laughs> well, getting gone. a little professional for our, for. Our, we're getting ahead <laughs> of ourselves a little bit professional-wise, but that's okay. So, um, I mean, I noticed as a casual observer, um, so... You were single for a while, and then um, Rob, who I've known probably even longer, I think, than I've known you, I've known him since the night, no, early, early aughts, I think I met Rob, when I first started performing. You know, I first started performing at Surf Reality, the first time I ever performed in my mid-40s, believe it or not, uh, was at Surf Reality, first time ever, and um, I think that's when I met Rob. Because somebody in the community that I worked with at the ad agency that I work with, Kathy Burak, do you know her? Kathy Burke I think Burke. I know
1: that name. I think I know that yeah, name. Yeah, she's
0: awesome. We were working together, and um, she's a performer. And she said, well, you know, you should try to do something at Surf Reality. And I was like, okay, I'm there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so um, as a casual observer, like... Um, I saw you single for a while and then I saw that you were dating Rob and I was like, oh, that's a good thing. (laughs) That's a really good thing. And uh, it's been, uh, you know, I I don't, you know, like I, what do I know? I know uh, I have a lot of respect for Rob. Uh, and you guys seem like a great team, and I know how much he cares about you, and uh, it seems very mutual. And uh, you seem like you're an example of—you've uh, gone from being the example of domestic abuse to the example of being in a healthy relationship. I, I, how the fuck did you do that? I'm I'm still figuring this out. Um, see, kids,
1: see, uh, get out lot, of that
0: fucked up relationship, of, and you can and uh, a
1: lot of um. Well, I can tell you that going through what I go- went through, I can rem- I remember feeling like, you know, and there were times where it, it, before I got beat up and then after, that's kind of a defining moment there because yeah. physically it was so traumatic. Um, yeah. But, uh, in the way that an injury that's that traumatic can change your life, um, I people would say, "Oh, you'll find someone else." I'm like, well, I don't want to go near yeah, another person yeah. ever again. I'm going to get divorced and live in a cabin in the woods and be left alone for twelve months. That's Were all you I totally wanted. like, and I really, I traumatized yeah, after yeah, that happened. No, what was I that had, like? Were you
0: really depressed? Or? I was
1: very anxious. I was hyper vigilant. Um, I didn't sleep very mm-hmm. well. Did you get any that. help, or you couldn't afford um, it? I, I was <laughs> like supposed to get help. Mm-hmm. um through services offered to by the city yeah. um it took a very long time that's mm. the other thing be prepared to stay on them um i was given some like a handful of emergency sessions with someone it was just yeah. it was good to go in there and talk and just like not be it, and i used to just like cry at the drop yeah. of that. i was like actively traumatized um sure. and then you so know so they, that, said they referred was... me for something long term and then i had to wait for an appointment i couldn't make that appointment I, it took a, a, close to a year later of me hounding them, and I said, listen, I was supposed to get counseling, and I, I, I want it. And um, <laughs> so it took a very long time, but I was able – they do, like, things, like, for a certain number of weeks or a certain number of sessions, mm-hmm. and then they refer you out. And I'm actually at the phase where I was referred out, and those appointments were canceled on me, so I'm kind of, like, in limo. But um, a lot uh, okay. of what, what – what the biggest thing um, – well, I mean, I think meditation practice helps oh, a lot. Um, really, that's great. Yeah, and it's it's hard. Um, it's I've been doing it regularly for a little over a year now, like mm-hmm. regularly, like daily. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it it you're kind of quieting your mind, and when mm-hmm. you quiet your mind. That's mm-hmm. when, like, for me personally, a few months into doing this, I just had these moments where I'm sitting there. I'm in, you know, in the pose, mm-hmm. the incense is lit. We're doing mm-hmm. that. And I just go, Holy shit, what happened to me? Mm-hmm. Because it was so much go, 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 survive, survive, survive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That I, it mm-hmm. took, it was like this delayed reaction to, mm. Oh my God, I'm lucky. I'm just sitting here right now. Um, it's almost like you've gotten but, strong enough yeah. now that you can deal with oh, what happened In terms to of, you. like, how do I get into a good relationship? Well, I just happened to somebody who's really awesome thought i was pretty awesome too i guess um but but also i mean i'm in a relationship with someone who was not um, by some miracle is not thrown by all the drama that i came with and it's i always say it's by no fault of my own but i kind of you know there was this i was carrying somebody else's baggage you know was mm. not wasn't intimidated or at least he might, but it's how do you handle the intimidation? Um, Mm. You know, my ex called him and told him a bunch of stuff about me, which he said, you know, but he he would call and he would harass, he was getting harassed himself when he found out that we were dating. Mm. Um, So this is, you know, and I would have understood back at the time if he had said to me, he's like, you know, I think if he said something like, I think you're really great and I like you, but this is a little too much. But he, he, that wasn't him. I think Mm -hmm. I just... That's the person I'm supposed to be. (laughs) That's it's I I somehow, for all the hell I went through, I came out into a relationship who's very with someone who's very understanding about this kind of thing. He was like, "Listen, it's not your fault that he's nuts."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well put. Um, But the thing that impresses me is how you didn't bring how you were able to not like let that kind of baggage weigh you I, down I, like i, tried I think so a lot hard of not too but it's... i would imagine a lot of people like a lot of say in this case women who'd been what through what you were through wouldn't wouldn't be able to or take or want to take their anger out on the next person or like how how how, how, did, how did you navigate that how um... do you think that worked out well, Did that's... you get support? Did you get support from your friends, your family? Yeah, um, Obviously, Rob was supportive. Yeah, by... I,
1: I I can remember saying to, and it happens to be the same friend who I met on the the street corner that day, that mm-hmm. summer day, who who told the world just about the starvation aspect. She, I, when I said to her, I said she, she knew we started, we were like dating, and she said, um, I said, you know what? He's, I, I'm really afraid of of what I've been through kind of creeping its way in here I said, you know mm. I don't, I said I don't know what normal boundaries are anymore I mm. was with someone for years who I understand now mm-hmm. no sense of Boundaries, mm-hmm. personal space. I mean, mm-hmm. you're married, Lisa. You know, there's you, you can share everything, but there's still a certain respect. for <laughs> Yeah, we still don't for... go
0: to the bathroom in front of each other. But, well, door the, closed.
1: <laughs> no, how long were like, you like with that? this guy? How long? We, uh, I seven didn't... or eight years. Okay, so I, didn't I said, clarify And I that. said, I just said, I said, I don't know what's like a normal boundary. Like, how much mm-hmm. do I share all That's at a once? Long and time. how much do I? And, and she said, Well, you just calm the fuck down. <laughs> she said that to me. She's like, You're fine. She's no, no, you're fine you're not someone who's st- – and i said i you know am i am i too much in in this guy's face so am I, I, I said i don't know what normal boundaries are and i really don't want to fuck this up and she's like you're not fucking anything up you're not going to because you're fine so having someone mm-hmm. and she and and actually her partner at the time who was living with her the two of mm-hmm. them actually spending t- as un, as dysfunctional as that relationship came became they together were very Encouraging of me and always like kind of pat me on the back, like you're okay, you so, will be fine, you're okay, and that was really helpful. Mm. Um, other things, um, just when I got to the point where I had a regular place to like wake up every day and sleep and eat, that helps. Um, and Rob had a lot yeah. to do with that, too. Rob had everything to do with that. But, um, uh-huh. you did know, you move was, yeah. in with Rob or yeah. did you,
0: you so you didn't get your part, you moved in with no, him? No, I never, yeah. yeah, um, and Rob was really did Rob. Did Rob have much to do with this guy or did he just like not take other. the calls? No, or no,
1: They knew each other. But, I mean,
0: did he respond um, to him or how did Rob handle well, the was... crazy person? Did he just not respond? Or... Um,
1: I don't know how many calls he's gotten and he hasn't told me about. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> probably knowing what it set me. But um, I know there was about one particular phone call and we were j- like just sort of started dating. And I guess like within a month or so of that. And I happened to be home when the phone rang and I saw his name and number. He's mm-hmm. like, well, I-, I I should take this and just. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I mm-hmm. don't know how many other calls or texts exactly mm-hmm. have been since then. I'm sure he's he's probably just ignoring him and not. So he just probably, yeah. I mean, but it never came to um, it never came to
0: never that never got out of hand.
1: No, because I think you know, there's how much attention do you pay to it? I, mm-hmm. I used to tell Rob, I was like, he, he and I tell everybody, he wants attention. Don't give it to him. Right. Um, right. But But right. uh, you know, with with the, yeah, I guess this in terms of not bringing my stuff into the. My current relationship that was something I was so cognizant of because mm. I think that's a very unfair thing to do to somebody. Well, and I thought it would have been unfair to do myself not. too. And I just I, maybe that was the hypervigilance being a pro- pro- positive thing. Mm. I was very aware of that early on, and sometimes every so mm-hmm. often. My moments – and, you know, well, I've, I just feel a lot better now anyway because mm-hmm. I, I have – it took a while, but I did get some counseling about it. And mm-hmm. I also – I've and, you know, I had to make it part of my life, you know, being mm-hmm. safe or, and, you know, mm-hmm. who I share in certain information mm-hmm. with, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I was very cognizant of it, and I just kind of – it was like I, I want to make sure I'm very mm-hmm. mindful and, and just being a good person. And you <laughs>
0: – right, and you were also, um, you know, you also ha- must – Deep within you have decent instincts because um, you were able to trust Rob. You know what I mean? I think that would have been an obstacle for a lot of people.
1: You know, I think he was, it was with him that I started feeling safe again for the first time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, even before we did We were just kind of like just talking. It was he was a safe person to talk to. And mm-hmm. it was like, yeah. He's,
0: so yeah, have you had thing. any? other is, I mean, you don't have a history of, of abuse with men at all, do you? No. I wouldn't get um, that. I, I guess get...
1: through counseling, I learned that certain early relationships in my life, even mm-hmm. familial, some of them, I, I hate to say my the I this is a thing I'm grappling with lately. Is kind of like, did this kind of set me up for this? Did this predispose
0: me? Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, I mean,
1: being around, you know, there. I've I've seen unhealthy dynamics. Have you? Um, ha-
0: was there any violence in your family? No,
1: not like that. But but it's it didn't start with physical violence with him. It was kind of like right. You know, it's, was it's,
0: there? Were your parent? Was your father controlling of your mother?
1: Not, particularly at his moments. Um, but, I wow. mean, well, know. women
0: deserve it. Yeah. Especially, you know, that generation. That's I mean, my that's generation. I
1: think some of it is within, it's, it's within generational norms. Like, yeah, not that sure. those norms are okay. For sure. I know he's done some stuff. I'm sure she's done some stuff herself. Yeah, so.
0: but it wasn't something that you, you didn't have that kind of rela- a history of those relationships. Yeah, and I think
1: some of the things like my ex would say or do were just so out there and I go, really? And mm-hmm. how's that helping you? I he mean, we mm-hmm. kind of snap out of it initially and go okay you're right that doesn't really work that makes no sense if i blah blah
0: blah well so, somebody you know. with a drug problem like that is just i mean there there it's not like you can really solve anything with them you can't like work th- yeah. there's no there's no no hope well i'm really uh so we've got like 2 minutes and um i am really i think it's really awesome i think it's really awesome that you know i think what it seems like to me is that you really have a lot of inner strength and and a really good moral compass and emotional compass. Do you think is that part I of it? I think
1: so. Yeah, I think I'm I, pretty
0: solid within yourself. Maybe intestinal
1: fortitude. Um, but, but solid yeah. within <laughs>
0: yourself, like you know who you are and yeah, stuff like I, there that. There
1: came a point where, where I was like, I, and that's I think that mm-hmm. was one of the things that he was mm-hmm. clearly trying to do is like mm-hmm. kind of take away my sense of agency, and that's what pissed me off enough. Right, that which I was is like, probably what no. Rob likes about you. Know? <laughs>
0: Which Sometimes is a positive I feel a little thing.
1: aimless in life. I should could be more directed. I could be more, you we know. All, I hear people yeah. say, "What's your five year plan?" I'm like, "I have a five minute plan. <laughs> I have a radio show to do today. Tomorrow yeah. I will do something." I kind of the fact that I was maybe a little. Some people might call me aimless. I don't know if I would use that I word, but the fact I... that that I I wasn't thinking so long term. I was just like, "How do I?" Sometimes I'm it's the ADD in me. I how am I getting through this week? Maybe if because I thought in terms of small increments that helped me.
0: Yeah, maybe it. you're a productive person. I mean, that's the most important important thing. Not what not what your fucking goals are. you adding to the planet? So anyway, <laughs> thanks a lot for being on. Let's say when your show is. Say when your show Thursday is Thursday
1: nights at seven p.m. Rebroadcast Mondays at nine a. Uh, Friday's at nine a.m. and Mondays at five a.m. Um, tonight, my guest is Steph Sabelli.
0: Oh, awesome. That'll next, be really next good. Next week, next
1: Thursday, will be the New York Foul Harmonic playing okay. live.
0: <laughs> Whoa, Foul <laughs> Harmonic. Okay, so it's Lisa Levy from... Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit at Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening. I hope uh, I hope you feel as uplifted by such a shitty story as I do, because I genuinely do. I feel do. like I
1: gave you an hour of downer and depression, no. people. I'm no, sorry. No, but it
0: ended <laughs> on such a positive note. I feel encouraged. I think I'll be nice to my husband tonight um, when I one, get home. One thing
1: you learn with, like, for the meditation practice is...
0: Dr. Lisa Gives Shit don't get to shit about you